You're listening to the Take Your Shop podcast, a podcast for wedding photographers and videographers looking to grow and scale their business. I'm your host, Hallie Heather, and my goal is for you to walk away feeling empowered and inspired as you continue to build a business that you're passionate about and that serves both you and your clients well. So whether you're operating as a side hustle or you're looking for tips and tricks on how to improve and scale your business, you, my friend, are in the right place. You don't have to figure it all out on your own, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, and welcome to the Take Your Shop podcast. Today, you guys, we've got an amazing guest. Her name is Allie, and she's a successful wedding photographer based in the Twin Cities. She's known for her community building efforts and networking expertise. And Allie, I am so glad that you are here today. Thanks for having me. So glad to have you. So Allie, would you mind sharing a little bit about your photography journey and maybe talk a little bit about like what led you to go full time with wedding photography and kind of a little about your business? Yeah. So I've been doing this for pretty much my entire life. (laughs) So it's like looking back on the whole journey, it's just so much. But when I was 16 years old, my aunt and uncle bought a concert venue and they were like, we need a photographer. And Allie always has a little digital camera with her at all times. So we're going to hire her. And then my mom bought my first DSLR. It was a Canon Rebel. And I was at this concert venue trying to make the hardest lighting situations work. And it was a nightmare for a little bit, but I got to shoot people like the Google Dolls came and Brett Michaels and Willie Nelson. So that's where it all kicked off. And I was a 16-year-old making $10 an hour as a concert venue photographer. And then my friends started hiring me for family photos and senior photos in high school. And then I went to college and my college had a student job board where people could like post job postings. And this photographer posted that she needed an assistant for wedding days for $10 an hour, which is basically a second shooter. I was her second shooter for $10 an hour for two years straight. <laughs> which At the time, she would hand me a $100 bill at the end of the day. And I would be like, oh my gosh, I have absolutely arrived. And then I specifically remember sitting in one of my college lecture halls and I was on my iPad and Instagram had come out and you can only use it on iPads at the time. Or maybe it's just because I didn't have an iPhone, but I was like all about Instagram sitting there, like not even listening to my college. (laughs) But in that same season, I specifically wrote down, I want to book 25 weddings. So I was a college student at the time trying to finish up my degree. By that fall, I had 25 weddings booked and I was a full-time student. I was shooting this next year, I was shooting those 25 weddings. And then I was student teaching that August. My mom actually passed away like August 31st. And I think that was the first day of school. And then I had to get through the craziness of wedding season. So that season of my life, I was just powering through. From there, I graduated in December. And then January, I had to make the choice of, okay, am I going to just go right in to my business or am I going to look for a teaching job? And my husband and I moved from Minnesota to Eastern Wisconsin. So I was like, okay, we're taking the leap. And I went full time into my business and never looked back. What was it like getting out of that first season of 25 weddings? It sounded like you had just a lot going on, which thanks for sharing, by the way. I can't imagine having to go through all of that in one season. What was it, though, that made you want to keep going? Because I feel like to go through a season like that with so many different challenges and I mean, that does sound like a full definition of like whirlwind, but you didn't want to just stop. You didn't get burnt out or what did that feel like? 
I was so excited and energized about my business at that time. I think at the time I was like 21 years old. So it was just really exciting. But I had gotten married that May and my mom passed away that August. So I had those photos from my wedding. My mom's doctor was like, you probably can't make it to your daughter's wedding because my wedding was five hours from where she lived. And somehow she powered through. It was like, I need to make it to my daughter's wedding. And she showed up and she was in all my photos. I still have photos of her like getting me ready. And just having those photos really sparked a fire in me and just like showed me the purpose behind everything that I was doing. That was the spark that I needed. Man. That is so cool. And I think that points to just, yeah, exactly what these photos mean to someone. It's not just, it is obviously nice to get paid to do something you love, but it is also just like the purpose and meaning behind like, what does this photo mean? Like to have those photos of your mom getting ready with you at a wedding that you weren't even sure if she was going to be at. I can imagine just like what those photos could carry. And and that's really cool. That carries into your business as part of like the why you do what you do. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. So then I guess as you were getting started as a full-time like wedding photographer, like you went full-time, you know that this was what you want to do. Was there anything in that transition that was really hard for you or that maybe you would have done differently when looking back? I probably wouldn't recommend moving states when you're just starting out right when you go full-time. So that was a bit of a whirlwind. I moved five hours from Minneapolis. And right before that, I had gone to Iowa State. And I grew up in Des Moines, Iowa. That was already a change. Within a year's time frame, I had lived in two different states. I had a ton of connections in Iowa. Just moved to Minneapolis, was like trying to build my business there. And then all of a sudden we moved to eastern Wisconsin. And I'm like, how am I going to do this? So that's where the community piece honestly came in. I was like, I need to get my name out there. And I need to build a reputation anywhere I am and meet people. and the power in all of the community that I made in each state and each part where it was just game changing. And I got a Facebook message from one of my photographer friends who was like, Hey, Ali, do you want to join a referral group with five other photographers with me? We'll just bounce off inquiries with each other. And that kind of blew up my business from there. So I just found little pockets of every little thing I could do to get my name out there in each community and tried to build as much community as possible. That's really cool. Just like hearing about how you made the transition. Sure, it was really tough. And I'm I'm sure there's many reasons why you wouldn't recommend jumping into like, I'm going full time. Oh, and I'm moving. And oh, nobody knows me. And (laughs) I can totally see how that's tough. I think it'd be really cool to just jump into talking about building community and connection. So I guess it sounded like because you moved, that really prompted you to really figure out, okay, how do I build community? How do I get my name out there? You mentioned referral group. Do you mind talking a little bit more about what that was like? Yeah. I don't know how common it is, but I have a few friends that have like specific friends that they pretty much only refer to. It could either be like you specifically saying, hey guys, this this is a referral group and just the intention of like you guys all will send inquiries to each other. I've been in a couple throughout the years and it works really well when everyone has clear intentions. And otherwise, a lot of people just get really close to specific photographers who have specific styles that match theirs and they just happen to refer each other pretty regularly. 
it could work either way. I would say the probably the most effective way is to be specific with a group of people and ask for it and just know that you are going to re be reciprocating. It. Yeah, totally. And like supporting each other's businesses in that way. I think it can easily feel like the photography community is like competition, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. But I felt like it's the opposite. I feel like the more connected you get, it's like you can only book so many weddings a year. And so if I'm already booked for that day and I don't have an associate team, that's not something that I have capacity for. <laughs> but I do think it's cool how you just send it to people like, okay, like I'm already booked, but you know what? My friends, X, Y, and Z, like these guys could take really good care of you. They've got similar style. I know that they're really talented and also they care about your experience. They'd be a great fit potentially. Take a look. Those come back sometimes. Sometimes those same people will send them, but I've never like joined like a formal group. So I was really curious about what that looks like. But I wanted to actually talk a little bit about You've created online communities for people to do referrals. Would you mind talking about your aligned group and where that kind of came from? Yeah, so I started a Facebook group. It's called The Aligned Creative. It's mostly Minneapolis-based photographers, but pretty much anyone can join. But I started it back in 2018, I think, when I started doing a lot of workshops. And I was doing multiple workshops a year, and I launched an online course. So I wanted a place for people to connect and to share freebies and things like that. And it started out that way, but then it transitioned into more referral based and people asking questions about like locations. So it is a really cool place for people to build their businesses if they're based in the Midwest. If I think every area needs a group like that, and I think it would be very easy to just set up and then it just grows like wildfire after people hear that they're posting referrals in there. But I think the most powerful way to do it is to really nurture a smaller community of referrals. Like when I moved to Minnesota, moved back to Minnesota, a group of girls and I from there started a referral group. We didn't even know each other really. And we planned a trip to Waco, Texas together. We got really close from there and just built each other's businesses like crazy. That's super cool. So were they all based here in Minnesota or were they all from all over? Yeah, based in Minnesota. I love that. I love that so much. So you've created these communities. What has it looked like to watch those grow? Like, have they grown beyond what you've expected or is this kind of what your intention was? It's interesting because you start out with a specific intention. I don't think I meant for it to get, it's 1,200 people now, which can get a little weedy at times. Like, we do approve members and we deny members specifically based on certain criteria, but it is hard to keep up with. Like right now, I think it's serving people in the way that it needs to serve them now. And I will say like you've done a lot of great work to not only keep it on the internet, but also bring it in person. Do you want to talk a little bit more about your meetups too? Yeah. Yeah. We can all agree that 2020, <laughs> the lull of not meeting people in person for so long, we're just all craving it. So I've always been an in-person person. I love the impact that you can make in an online world, but just feeling people's energy and just being in person with people and getting out of our heads as creatives. I feel like we always get in our heads. These people are so cool and so established and so successful, but we don't see like the real side of things and the real people behind it. I developed an, a meetup called After Hours where we go to a local food hall and hang out once a month for photographers. 
And it's a great way to just either get to know people in the area, get to know second shooters if you need a regular list of second shooters to work with. No, I love it. And that's actually where I met you for the first time. I was on the Align group and saw that you were doing these meetups. And so then I went and that was where I actually met you, which was fun. And then (laughs) since then, I've seen like two other girls that I've connected with. So I think what you're doing, Allie, is really awesome. I think it's really cool to see something that maybe it wasn't what you expected it would be turn into something beyond that and to watch the impact it has not only on you and your business, but on the community around you. I think it's been really cool to watch that grow, especially here in the Twin Cities. And I think it'd be awesome for people who are listening. If you're listening to this, man, I don't have that in my community. I don't have meetups. I don't have even a Facebook group or things like that. Those are things that you can implement and put into practice in your own area. And Allie, would you maybe have some pieces of advice for someone who maybe is lacking that and maybe looking to start something like what you've done? Yeah. I will echo what you just said. If you don't have it and you're craving it, then start it. It's that easy. You just have to show up and start something, nurture the community, how it's meant to unfold and see people for who they are as humans and see the struggles that they go through specifically as business owners as well and nurture a community in that way. I've also hosted other events throughout the years. I had a a group going for a little bit that was a panelist of wedding vendors that I hosted with a wedding planner. And I think she originally reached out to me and was just like, hey, Allie, do you want to start this panelist conversation? So those were really fun. And just having people ask questions of people in the wedding industry and getting different takes from people who weren't photographers, but still nurturing that community with other vendors. And I will say, whenever you make it about you is when your business stops growing. So it needs to be like, serve, 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 front of mind. How can I serve this person? How can I see them as a real human and not just show up to these events to like promote myself or to get another booking, you know? Like it really needs to be genuine because people can feel your energy behind it all. And the second you make it about yourself is when things just die. Or when they just get icky and gross. I think what you just said there is gold, especially in an industry where I think it can get to people's heads when you're the face of your business and you're trying to get your name out there. I've seen people running their business where it's like they lose touch of who is this for? How am I serving? Because at the end of the day, if it's just to serve yourself, I think you're absolutely right. People will feel that (laughs) and when it's just a one-sided relationship or the intentions are self-serving. It definitely is an interesting thing to watch when you're in it for yourself. It kind of defeats the purpose and that's not what communities are really supposed to be about. Yeah, exactly. And I will say, if you are trying to build a community as an educator, try on free events. Don't be scared of the free events. Doesn't need to be a thousand plus dollar workshop that you're jumping into right away. Like getting your name out there, building a reputation with people building that community and nurturing a brand that is community-based. I love that. I love that so much. And just kind of to bring it back to the networking aspect of the the conversation. I know there are a lot of photographers out there, whether it's because they don't have the community or maybe they don't know how to start the community, or maybe they just feel overwhelmed with networking and the whole aspect of building a community. What advice would you have for people who maybe need to step into that more or are feeling maybe a little bit nervous to step into networking and just don't know where to start? What advice would you have for them? Show up. (laughs) 
it's like I was doing a yoga video with yoga with Adrian. She's like the hardest part is showing up. That is the key to being an entrepreneur, to networking, to doing anything in your business, showing up and then it doesn't feel as scary the next time. You show up and you're like super socially anxious for a little bit. And then you find out that your little limiting belief that you hold over your head isn't actually true. And you prove yourself over and over by showing up that it's not that hard. It's not that scary. People are real humans and they want to connect just as much as you do. And all you got to do is show up. That's so true. That's so true. As someone who, so I actually have general anxiety disorder. I've been diagnosed with that. It comes and goes in waves. Like it definitely gets more intense at times. So there's definitely that social anxiety. Like, on the outside, I think people might think, oh, these people all have it together. But in the inside, like we're all there for a reason. We're all there wanting to connect, like showing up to any event when you're there to network. You have to ask yourself, oh, why is everyone here? Oh, it's to connect. Oh, and it's probably because they want to know more people. I can be that person. They can know more. And you just got to step up and be that person too to take initiative and, and get to know people. So I love that. Showing up is yeah. huge. What would you say would be maybe another uh, action that people could take? I always personally meditate in my car before <laughs> five minutes at least of breathing and getting into my body and just getting back into alley because if I allow that anxiety to just bring me up, I go like into the clouds and then I show up to this networking event and I'm either super bubbly where it's just overwhelming and it just it feels pretty inauthentic. Just coming back down to earth and a lot of times that happens in our cars. <laughs> our cars are like our safe places and the place that we can just cultivate that inner authenticity as showing up how we want to show up to these events and being ourselves. Because the second that you are building a brand based on who you are authentically, based on your core values is when you become so magnetic to the world. And it took me a long time to figure that one out. I was just doing like what other people were doing and not living through my core values as a human and just building my business based on that. But that takes time. I have grown up with my business over the years. It's been self-discovery and business building hand in hand and figuring out based on like failed experiences or like trying it on what my core values are as a human and as a business owner and how I can serve people. I love that. So when you kind of do this mental preparation, do you set any specific intention then when going into your networking events? I always like to remind myself that I need to listen and see them as a human and not make it about myself because if you're just constantly thinking about what you're going to say next to their response, you're not actually being present with them and not actually listening to them. They're going to feel that. And I think it just takes the pressure off too, honestly. And, and then you don't have to do it alone. Like that's the whole yeah. point of community is to not have to go through things alone. And people are there probably because they might feel like they're on their little island. I don't think we give ourselves enough credits as photographers running a business because we wear all the hats in our business and mm -hmm. not everyone has a business partner. Like sure, I have Luke, but he still has his full-time job. So he's only part-time and he's basically an unpaid intern who shoots with me <laughs> and the rest falls on me. But like we, we wear all these hats. We're on these little islands and to be with other people who are going through something similar or facing the same problems, but like within their brand trying to figure out how to do that. 
when you can step in that space and, and come alongside them and listen to those things, I think that can be really cool. So I yeah. love that. Throughout my work day, I'm constantly listening to voice memos, like three minute long voice memos from photographer friends. We're just going back and forth. You can gain so much insight from like the smallest thing of something you just were overlooking or just insight on how to deal with a specific client situation or just feeling like you're not alone in the race. Allie, I think that those are really awesome practical ways to just network and everything. What would you say in terms of connecting with other vendors? What have you found to be really great ways to connect with other people in the wedding community beyond just other photographers? It stems from, if you get a chance to work with them, from showing up the best you can on wedding days and just serving them in any way that you can, sending them a gallery right away of the sneak peeks or things like that. Just nurturing those vendor relationships, but also going to networking events. Like I just went to a grand opening of a venue and I talked to a ton of wedding planners, florists, makeup artists, things like that. And just building relationships offline because they're not going to refer you to their clients unless they know that you are a competent human being. (laughs) You are fun to be around or you're aligned with the kind of clients that they're looking for because it looks bad on them if they refer someone that is just not who aligns with their brand. So any way that you can serve, 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 serve. I can't say it enough times. You can also style or plan styled shoots and build vendor relationships that way and just get to know each other offline that way and learn how to work with each other, see how each other works when it's not an actual wedding day. That's a good way to get into a network that maybe you're not booking weddings with the vendors that you want to, but you ask them if they say no, then you find someone else. But if you really want to work with a specific vendor or specific vendors and they're saying no to all your style shoots, maybe find a way to serve them through a guest blog post or something where you're promoting their brand, you're interviewing them like five questions, and then you highlight them on your blog and you can post it on Instagram as well. That's exposure for their brand. They get the backlinks from the blog for their SEO and they don't have to commit to a full style shoot. There's so many ways you can do it. That's so good. So good. So creative. And that's exactly why we have you here. For someone who's never done a styled shoot, what would you say would be some good steps to not feel as overwhelmed? Because I've always felt like that could be a very overwhelming task, especially like how do you know who to have and, and what to do, how big or small to have it? What have you seen has been successful in terms of planning something like a styled shoot? Start small. They are overwhelming. And there are a ton of content days that people are hosting where they do all of the work for you. You pay a certain amount of money to go to their sad shoot and you maybe work with five to 10 other photographers, maybe 10 to 20, but that's also a good way for you to build that community of photographers as well. So that's an easy way to get in and learn how a sad shoot would look like or how to run one of them. They are a lot of work though. So if you're planning on doing one, maybe do it in the off season or when you don't have a ton of other things on your plate, but start small. You can start with a tablescape or a bouquet. Like you don't even need a model for your first one if you don't want to. Totally. Would you say the more vendors you have involved, the harder it is? Like the bigger, is that what you mean by size? Keep it small, like as in do it less complicated? Yes and no. 
Because if you have a planner or someone who's helping you coordinate things, then that's making it a little easier. But I will say like the more models and setups that you have, the crazier it gets. So if it's overwhelming to you, then you can just start small, like literally start in your living room if you want to and ask a florist to make you a bouquet. Or if you have access to a studio, maybe have a model, find a dress and then find a hair and makeup artist. And that's all you need. You don't even need like the floral and the tablescape setup or all of that. Like just start where you are. Love it. I love this so much. Allie, this has been just a great time talking with you today. I feel like we could talk all day, <laughs> but I want to be mindful of your time. Where can people find you as we wrap up the episode? How can they connect with you? And is there anything that you want to just leave them with today? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Allie Lee Co. And I have that Facebook group if you're in the Midwest. It's Aligned Creative on Facebook. You can join if you don't live in the Midwest, but there's just tons of referrals. But it's also a good place to connect with others if you want to build the network in the Midwest. And I also have a course on associate teams, building associate teams, if you are interested in diving into all of that. Allie, thank you so much for your time today. And for those of you tuning in, thank you so much for listening. Check out Allie and her work and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Take Your Shop podcast. If you found this podcast helpful or insightful, we would absolutely be honored if you could take a moment to leave us a review on whichever platform you're listening on. If you have any friends who you think would benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. And lastly, we absolutely love connecting with you all on social media. You can find us using the links below in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week.